Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our church around the world begins the first Sunday or the first weekend of Lent. And it's a time in which we must get back to the basics. The basics of praying every day, fasting, almsgiving, corporal and spiritual works of mercy, going to Mass on a regular basis, praying the Stations of the Cross, Eucharistic adoration. These are all the basic things that we need to get back to in order for this to be a rich spiritual experience and season for us all. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but over the past week or so, the Major League Baseball players have been coming back to spring training. Spring training is beginning again in places like Florida and Arizona. The Major League Baseball players are going to spring training. In the first few weeks of that, they too get back to the basics, the basics of a good hitting stance, the proper way to field ground balls, throwing balls. But eventually, after a few weeks, they advance, advance to more techniques, like how to lay down a bunt. You know, pitchers learn again how to throw a curveball, a changeup, a slider. Well, we too must do the same thing. First, we've got to get back to the basics, the first few weeks of Lent, and then gradually, spiritually progress onto more meaningful things to do to make this a rich spiritual season for us all. Now, the gospel is very appropriate for it. Notice how it begins. The Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. So it begs the question, what drives us? What motivates us to get out of bed every day? What gives us purpose and meaning in life? Now, we've all probably gone to bookstores and seen those books about the purpose-driven life and things like that. Well, what really gives us meaning, fulfillment, and life? Now, notice, it's the Holy Spirit that drives Jesus into the desert. The implication here, Jesus is not acting upon his own will. He's acting upon the will of the Father. How so? Well, if Jesus just went into the desert, he would be acting upon his own will. Instead, the Holy Spirit is that divine operative force that drives Jesus, motivates him to do the will of the Father. Now, appreciate and understand the context in which this is all set in. Previous to this gospel passage, Jesus just experienced his baptism. Remember the scene? After he is baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, he rises from the waters. The dove, in the symbol of the Holy Spirit, rests upon him, and a voice is heard. It's the God the Father himself, who says, This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. Well, now God identifies Jesus as the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And now Jesus, he begins to accept the mission, the will of the Father, 
And so he goes into the desert to battle the devil. And so we go back to that original question. What motivates us to do anything in life? Is it all about ourselves following our will, our pleasure, our desires, our ego? I've said many times before, your life is not about you. Your will, your pleasure, your desires, everything else and everyone else comes second. No, as Catholics, we truly believe our life is about the life that we share with Jesus Christ and living that out every day of our life. If we truly believe that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we are, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then each of us has an infinite longing for the divine in our life. You know, we wouldn't be going to Mass every weekend if we didn't. We wouldn't be praying every day. We wouldn't be praying the Stations of the Cross, praying during Eucharistic adoration, doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. We won't be doing any of those things if we didn't have an infinite longing for the divine in our life. And we do. And we do all those things because we have that longing. What's the best thing to do? Hook that longing onto God. See, when we do that, then we have purpose and meaning in life, fulfillment. See, then our will is aligned to the will of God the Father. And see, here's the first basic lesson that we can take from the gospel. We have to remember our identity, who we are. We are a people whose lives are rooted and shared with Jesus Christ. And like Christ, the Holy Spirit is the divine operative power in us. You know, driving us, especially now during this season of Lent, it drives us. And so what we must do is surrender to it. Allow it to drive us to have a closer and meaningful, a greater relationship with Christ. Now, it says the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. The Greek word for desert is eremos, which also means wilderness. Where else do we see that word used? Well, it describes the Israelites wandering in the eremos, the desert themselves. Now, for the Israelites, the desert was a desolate place. It always is. If you've ever been there, it truly is a desperate and desolate place. But it's also a place where you have to confront the central truths of who you are. And the Israelites did just that. They were driven into a place where they had to put their complete trust and faith and hope in God. The desert was a place where the Israelites found very little water and little food. It was a place that offered few signs of hope. Unfortunately, the Israelites failed the test. They turned to other gods, false gods, to help them. They didn't have faith and hope in God. So Jesus, now, he goes into the very place where the Israelites failed. He goes into the Eremos himself. Now, again, appreciate this context in which this is all set in. Jesus, the very first thing he does in his public life, his public ministry, is he flees into the desert. He goes into the place where the Israelites failed. Why? Because he wants to, you could say, make up the wrong of the Israelites. Jesus, by going into the desert, he will kind of swing the pendulum the other way. The Israelites 
they essentially no longer trusted in God, no longer had a sense of hope or faith in God would rescue them. Well, now Jesus is going to kind of right that wrong. He's going to make everything right. He places his complete hope, trust in God the Father. And because of that, he is going to succeed. He is going to conquer all the temptations, defeat the devil. Now he's going to right the wrong in the same place in which the Israelites failed. And see, once he does that, now and only then can he go and start his public ministry and begin to preach and teach and perform miracles. But it has to first happen in the desert. Now, Jesus demonstrates that true source of help is God alone. Even the world tells us when all is hopeless, the source of all hope is God. And so the second basic lesson we can take from this, Lent is a season in which we must go out into our own Eremos, our own desert, reestablish our hope and our trust in God. In the midst of what might appear to be hopelessness in our life or in this world, we can always find God as the source of all hope. More to it, we must get to the central truths of our lives, whether they're good or bad. We must face down all those things that lead us away from Christ, not allow them to control us. Notice also the detail Mark gives us. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. Now, when you study scripture, numbers always have a symbolic significance to them. Moses spent 40 years in the desert with the Israelites wandering. Elijah spent 40 days walking in the desert until he came to Mount Sinai. These 40 days, this period of time in which we must prepare ourselves to receive the presence of God in our life. Well, third spiritual lesson that we can take from this, Lent is that special period of time that we need in order to prepare ourselves to see the presence of God in our life. And see, that's the beauty of Lent, as well as other seasons like Advent, Christmas, and Easter. See, our church gives us these seasons, these periods of times to help us prepare to see the presence of God in our life. You know, it's kind of a good analogy would be getting together with our families, not just our immediate families, but our extended families. See, when that happens, we get together on special occasions, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, baptisms. And when we get together with our extended family, we feel a sense of joy, a belonging. We draw strength from that presence. Well, so too, when we see the presence of God in our life, we draw strength from that. We feel a sense of belonging. And see, that's what Lent helps us to do. You know, there's that great story with John Paul II. In the early days of his papacy, someone came up to him and asked him, what must I do to strengthen my spiritual life? Without missing a beat, John Paul II said, take the time. Take the time. Take the time to pray. The time to go to Mass. To perform the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Take the time to pray before Eucharistic adoration, to do the stations of the cross. See, we must take the time to do those things, and then we will truly see the presence of God in our life. Now, notice Mark. He tells us that Jesus was tempted by the devil, but he doesn't give us the details, what the temptations really are. We have to look in Matthew and look to find out. But they are the temptations of pleasure, power, and glory. 
the most common temptations, and yet the greatest in our lives. Now, is temptation always a bad thing? No. In fact, sometimes temptation can be a good thing. Why? Because it's precisely in that inward struggle, that inward resistance to that temptation, we find out who we are. Another lesson we can take from the gospel is that one of the most important parts of Lent is knowing who we are and knowing who we are not. We are all tempted. No one is immune from it. And yet, what must we do? Surrender, not to the temptation, but to the Holy Spirit, that divine operative power. See, when we do that, then we allow our life to be ordered to Christ. And see, that's at the heart of the spiritual life. Paul puts it best in 1 Corinthians. He says, It is Jesus Christ to whom my life is ordered to, now and forever. See, we can resist, conquer any temptation, as long as we surrender to the Holy Spirit and our life is ordered to Christ. We get back to the basics as we begin Lent. How do we do it? First, we remember our identity. We share a life with Jesus Christ. Second, we must go out into our own eremos, our own desert. We must confront the essential truths of who we are. See God as a source of hope. Also recognize that Lent is a time in which we encounter the presence of God in our life. And most importantly, we must take the time to do so. And finally, when tempted, we must essentially surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, it's a great opportunity to find out who we are and who we are not. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.